Good morning and welcome again to Joy Christian Center. We are excited about the series that we're in, or at least I'm excited. I don't know about anybody else, uh, but I'm excited. We uh, have been talking for the last couple of weeks about blessed, living a life of blessing or being blessed in our life. And, and uh, we've been kind of transitioning through this. And I, I'll just tell you right now, I have way overprepared for today. And we'll blame my mom for that. She was a really good cook. And I think, I was thinking about this this week because I think, I think that my mom enjoyed cooking. I'm not 100% sure though now that I think about it because, you know, we would have big holiday meals. How many of you have big holiday meals? And, you know, so there's a lot of work and prep that she all did. She did all of it by herself. And she seemed to enjoy that. But then I thought about it. It's like, you know, that's all. She would like work for two weeks before we would ever eat. And then she'd sleep for a week afterwards. So I don't know if she really enjoyed it or not. But I know that she enjoyed hearing the compliments and, and those kinds of things. And for my mom, a successful meal was if she had planned way too much. If there was a lot left over, it was successful because that meant that everybody went home full. And I know that some people use the opposite strategy, like if there's just a little tiny little bit left, then we planned exactly perfectly. And if you're that person, you are wrong. <laughs> How many of you, okay, we're in church, we can be honest. This is first service, you're more honest than the second service. And so... How many of you have ever been, you know, sometimes some families, when we do a big deal, we kind of have a sort of a buffet thing. We'll have 25 people and people go through. How many of you have ever been, been either at a table and you saw that there was like just a little bit of mashed potatoes left and you really wanted more, but you didn't want to be the guy to take the last mashed potatoes? Anybody? Or worse yet, because now you got to lie, because there's this, does anybody else want those potatoes? Talk about a dilemma. Because I want those potatoes, but I don't want to be that guy. And so, no, 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 you go right ahead, you big pig. Eat all of those potatoes all by yourself. Nobody would ever want any more. And so, sorry, but that's just in me. And, and, and so I, I prepare that way as well. And I just want to make sure that I have enough. And I kind of feel a little bit, well, anyway, here's the scoop. I, I've, I've worked through this message so many different times. And, and, and we're talking about blessed, the blessed life, living a blessed life. I believe with all of my heart that God wants to bless us. In fact, he wants to bless us so much, the Ephesians chapter one tells us he has already blessed us. He's already blessed us. You are already blessed by the Lord. Amen? Well, why don't I feel blessed? Well, first of all, because you're going by feelings and you've not read the Bible. Positionally in Christ, when you made Jesus the Lord of your life, you got in Christ, and that's where the blessing is, but you need to find out what those blessings are. And we've given you some definitions of what it means or what the word blessing means. There's an aspect of blessing the Lord in, in corporate worship as well as our private lives, but there's more to it than that. The blessing of God, or the word blessed, means blessed is what happens when God extends his benefits to you and you receive them. Pastor Tim, I am really sorry. I was going to do something different. I have 50 cents. And that is not going to get you much of anything. But if I extend that to you, and it's available to you, what do you have to do? You have to receive it. You have to receive it. 50 cents. There you go. I have 13 cents left, Mark. <laughs> sorry. 
Yeah, I know. I, had, I, I went through that $50 that, that uh, T- Pastor Tommy gave me last week really quickly. But anyway, here's the scoop. You have to, if you were here last week, then, then you know, go online and watch the service. So anyway, blessed is what happens when God extends his benefits to you. I mentioned the scripture in Psalms chapter 68 uh, about blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. He every day has benefits he's loading to us and with us. And, and, and we need to understand that, that every day there's a fresh supply of God's benefit of love of mercy of forgiveness of healing all of those things are part of the benefit or the blessing of the body of Christ and so over the last two weeks we've looked at three main texts that that we've been teaching from John chapter 13 and and we've used verse 7 we'll talk a little bit more about some of those things but in John chapter 13 as well as uh, uh, Mark I'm sorry, uh, Matthew chapter 5 verses uh, chapter 5 through 7 and Luke Am I right? Luke chapter six, those three texts are what we've looked at over the last couple of weeks. In John 13, Jesus said, if you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. When are you blessed? You're blessed when you do the things that you know to do, right? As Jesus said, we'll look at it again, but Jesus said that. We don't wanna disagree with Jesus, correct? In Matthew chapter five, verses chapter five through chapter seven, we have Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It begins with blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed, blessed, blessed. And then he transitions from that to what does a blessed person look like? He has some woes, woe to those who do these things. And then he talks about the blessed person. And, and really what Jesus was doing was he, was he was alerting the people that were listening to him. This is the ordinance or the ordinary way of God. These are the ordinances or the ordinary, that's what ordinance means. We think of it as a negative thing, but an ordinance, the ordinance of the Lord is God's ordinary way. And so he was presenting God's ordinary way. And and that's why he used the phraseology when he said, you've heard it said, if you read that many times in in those three chapters, you've heard it said, but now I say to you, you've heard it said an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth, but now I say to you, love your neighbor. We sometimes understand is what we call the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Treat other people the way that you want to be treated. And then in Luke chapter 6, we see the same story recounted, but by Dr. Luke this time. But, but that starts with blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed, blessed, blessed. And it ends with build your house on the rock. It ends with the wise and the foolish person. The wise person is the one who heard the word and did the word. He heard the sayings of Jesus and he was a doer of that. The foolish person was the one who heard the sayings, but he didn't do it. A storm came against both of them and the one who heard the word and did it, the wise person, their house stood. The person who was a fool heard the word and didn't do it. Last week we talked about this idea that there is a false blessing when we assume that hearing the word can replace being a doer of the word. And there are a lot of Christians who've heard and heard and heard and heard, but never put into practice the ordinances or the ordinary ways of God. And because they didn't put into practice the ordinary ways of God, they did not receive the blessing. And they're wondering, why didn't I get blessed? Why didn't I get blessed? Well, Jesus introduced something. We've read it the last couple of weeks in Luke chapter six. Jesus introduced something and and, and by it or with it was what we call the law of reciprocals. And here's why this is important, because, again, in between the blessed and the house on the rock is all of the ordinances that Jesus said to do. And Jesus, I think, capsulized it, or Luke capsulized it really well in Luke 6, 37. He said, judge not. Well, why not? 
because that's not a good Christian thing to do, because it's politically correct, because it's, why shouldn't I judge people? Because with the same measure that you judge, it's going to be judged back to you. However harsh we judge others is how harsh we ourselves will be judged. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given to you. It is the law of, reci of reciprocals. Because he goes on and he says again, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. With the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The same measure that you judge, condemn, forgive, and give. The same measure that you do those with. Jesus himself said, not Pastor Brian. Jesus said that it will be measured back to you proportionately. In fact, really, it is disproportionate. Because the measure that you use is, is not as big as the measure that life will use. Or that God will use. And here's the, here, here's the thing. The law of reciprocals is that whatever you give, you're going to get more back of. Now, how many of you, just, just in that understanding alone, would make us think that maybe what Jesus was talking about with the ordinances, the ordinary ways, maybe those are important. If I'm going to get back what I give, if the actions that I live my life with are going to come back to me, how many of you know that that might be something to pay attention to? I, I, you know, I don't believe in karma necessarily. Karma, karma, K-R-A-R-M-A, karma. But I like what somebody said one time. Well, if karma is a you-know-what to you, chances are you were one first. <laughs> See, life, this is a principle that is at work in the earth that God has established. And guess what? This principle will work, will work for you and this principle will work against you. Again, Jesus was saying, do unto others, treat others the way that you yourself want to be treated. And so that's a part of the blessed life. That's a part of, of what he is saying. And so really, the reason that God wants us to follow his ordinances, the reason that God wants us to do those things is because of this law of reciprocals. But there's even more than that. There's even more than that. And so, in thinking about this, I want to set a couple of things up for the remainder here this morning. So here, here's, I've got several thoughts. They're all right there at the same time. Yeah, they're all pressed down, shaking together, running over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Most of you, and, and I want to, yeah, we'll do it like this. Most of you have received a letter this week concerning our Joy to the World 2016, Right? Almost all of you have, and hopefully you have. If you haven't, check your mail. Uh, that's that little box that's outside of your house that uh, stuff comes to. And, 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 or if you, haven't if you have not received that, then that means we don't have your address, or you're not a member of this church, or a part of this church, a regular tender, whatever. And so if, if you're a guest here this morning, you can just put your mind on autopilot, because this is for those who uh, are a part of our church. I, I outlined a couple of things, and we've done this since 2012, our joy to the world. It started with something that we call bottom line, and the intention was to increase our bottom line, make our bottom line as a church financially healthier so that we could refinance the loan that we have here. And we were able to do that with your generosity. It all happened. It was a cool thing. And, and, and so I don't want the, that particular initiative or offering to be something I didn't want it. I mean, over the years, we've tried to do other things. There were some, thing, some things that we just couldn't accomplish because, uh, because it, the finances weren't there to do it. There were things that were on my wish list I'd like to have, but computers were more important 
important at the time than a sign outside or, or than other things. Last year, uh, we talked about, uh, actually there were three things that we wanted to do last year. One of them was to repair the parking lot and, and we were able to do that. It cost about $20,000, it's amazing. It is amazing how much money, just how quickly it goes with a space like this. And so it cost about $20,000, but 16000 of it was already raised, thank God. And that was awesome. That was from your generosity. And I mentioned a couple of other things. I mentioned that we wanted to get better as a church. We have invested in our staff and leadership in a way that we never have because we're making some changes and all with the result of I want us to get better as a church. And those were things that we laid out last year. And I need to back up for a second because something happened two years ago during our Joy to the World. It would be 2000. We were always like, you'll see Joy to the World 2016 because these are things that we're looking to do throughout the next year. So Joy to the World 2014, we, I mentioned a couple of things going forward for the year of 2014. And one of them, and I didn't know it at the moment, but I said, I just want us as a church to be generous towards an organization that we don't necessarily have to be, but my preference was something that, that maybe was an organization, entity, church, whatever, that was sort of flying under the radar, but was doing a great work and just needed somebody to come alongside and encourage them a little bit. I, I didn't know what that was about... Ten months later, I, I ran into a pastor. They were doing a building program, and we were able to sow $5,000 into their building program, which, if you know anything about building programs, $5,000 is like three French fries out of a Happy Meal. I mean, it, it really is not much at all, but you would have thought by their reaction that we had just given them the world because they'd never expected that a church like ours would partner with them and help them. They're in Monticello, and they're doing a great work, and, and, and they've continued to do a great work. But when that happened, something happened in me. And many of you have heard the story. And I prayed a prayer 25 years ago when we were pastoring in Pennsylvania. And I said, you know, Lord, if, if you would ever give me a little church and if you would ever give me a platform or a place of influence, I just want to be a blessing to pastors and churches. I believe that church, the local church, is God's plan A without any other plan B. It is the most important thing in the world. I believe that. And it's not just because I'm a pastor. I believed that before I was a pastor. And so I've wanted to make that investment in churches and, and your generosity last year has helped us to do that and I've got some more to say about this but I, I want to just run a, a quick, uh, actually not a quick clip, it's a clip probably, it's a little longer than I would like to have. Pastor Tommy did a great job with it, others and thank you so much but I want you to see what your generosity has done. We're going to talk about it in, in, in a little bit more uh, uh, after. Well, let me just wait before we do that. Here's what's going to happen. I meant to mention this. I just want to get this all out of the way. Here's what's going to happen. Next week, we're asking everybody. We're asking everybody. Here's the good news. First of all, for those of you that have been here, you all, you, you've heard this drill before, right? We all know what? 49.95. We all know what 49.95 can do. Here's, here's, here's why we do that. And I know that for some people, 49.95 is a stretch. And for some of you, $50, actually probably some of you, you're going to spend that much for lunch today after church. If you bring your family out and have a couple of kids, it's going to cost you close to that. In fact, let me ask you this. How many of you have ever been watching late night television and you bought something for 49.95? Wait, don't raise your hands. How many of you think, where is that thing that I thought was so important? Or you got it, it's like a piece of garbage and junk and you feel stupid because you bought it. What? Weight loss stuff. Yeah, my goal over the summer was to lose 20 pounds and so far I only got 25 to go. So anyway, uh, that's how well that worked. Amen, yeah, resemble that remark. Uh, and so, 49.95. And I know that it's maybe corny, but, but here's why. I believe with all of my heart that it helps us to see that everybody can do more 
than just somebody. We're always waiting. And for some people, I know that for some of you, uh, it's a stretch. I understand that for some of you, you can add more zeros to that 49.95. We understand that. But it has been incredibly amazing to me to see what happens with that offering. And this year, there's three things that are really important to me. One is we need to do some upgrades with our projection and lighting, and, and we've talked about that. And that's just stuff that we have to do, and we're going to do, I should say. It's not even a, we want to, we are going to do it. But the other two things are, very, are harder for me to be able to identify. One is that I want us to continue to be a resource and a blessing to pastors and local churches in a tangible way. I really want us to accomplish that. And secondly, I want us to continue to get better as a church. How many of you know that you're the church? This year we invested in leadership and, and we've implemented some changes through staff, and we've talked about that. And, 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 and that going forward, we're introducing something next year called Growth Track, and, and there's a cost with that, but it's, it's, it's more than I want to get into right now. It'll happen in the early part of the year. It will begin in the early part of the year. But we're going to do all of that for $49.95. Next week, we're all going to come together. And here's the good news. As I said, there is good news. There's not been inflation. There's not been a price increase. $49.95 will still get you in, just like it has for the last couple of years. But here's what your generosity... Generosity helped with last year. Go ahead and run that clip, and then we'll get back to the real good part. And we want to help pastors who think that nobody cares. And I don't know what that looks like. I'd love to bring some of them here. I call it Big Daddy Goob's Barbecue. That's me. I like to smoke meat. I'd love to, and I know some of you guys, you know, I know some of you are into that. We'll put together a big feast. We'll bless them. We'll do some things. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but it's, I'm following the headlights on a car, and I'm asking you to help. Today we're here hosting uh, regional Rama pastors, and we are so excited to be hosting them today and blessing them in this Pastor Appreciation Month of October. We have a wonderful setup here to have lunch, and um, they're in a meeting right now. Uh, pretty soon they'll be over joining us, and we have some great surprises for them. taking some time to just appreciate the ministers that come. And our church has done some pretty amazing things for the pastoral staff uh, over the years. And we hate it because it's embarrassing and it's humbling. And yet, I, I, we really do. It's like, you know, it's embarrassing. And, and, and yet, I think it's incredibly healthy for a church to do that, to show appreciation. And the flip side, I also know, is that a lot of times the churches don't do that. And maybe there's a lot of reasons why they don't do that. But a lot of churches don't do that. They don't appreciate, they don't show that love and appreciation, and many times the pastors are taken for granted. And so this lunch was just a small way to say that you are appreciated, to remind you that you're loved, that your work of labor and love that you do for the Lord doesn't go unknown by the Lord. 
Part of my hope today is that your visit here and the prayer of many at Joy Christian Center would be that your hearts would be refreshed with fresh air and that you'd be revived. And so we've got something for you. My name is uh, Pastor Timothy Self from River of Life Church in Thief River Falls, Minnesota. I want to first of all say thank you to Joy Life Christian for having an awesome pastor. Pastor Brian is a great man and we appreciate that. Uh, we're thankful for your investment into the ministry and to our churches. Uh, we believe, uh, you know, Dad Hagen said a long time ago, if you invest into a crusade, you get one individual. If you invest into a pastor, you get an entire church. And so we believe in what Pastor Brian is doing. I want to tell you thank you for that. Pastor Brian, thank you for being a mentor, uh, not just to your church and your family and your leaders, but also to the pastors. Uh, the prayer that you prayed 20, 25 years ago that you shared to, uh, hopefully I'm one of those guys that you're able to invest back into, and we're very grateful and thankful for that. Amen. Your generosity, church, I tell you what, uh, and that's just the first step. This isn't about, if you notice the rings that, uh, those were origami rings with $100 bills, and your generosity in that, you know, maybe for some of you, it's like, well, why would we do that? We want them to know that they're loved, and um, I don't want to say things that would sound self-serving to me. We are incredibly best, blessed as pastors of this church, and you guys have been amazing. And, 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 and I know that that's not always the typical experience in a lot of local churches. And my heart breaks for pastors who don't have that blessing and don't have that. And, and sometimes they're their own worst enemies. There's reasons why they have things happen, and that's where we want to help. And, so we're, and that's part of the reason that for, as a church, I want us to be better as a church. I really do, because we're the church, and I believe there's opportunities abounding, and I want to share a couple of things. I have a little soapbox this morning, and some of it has been stolen by other things, some of my thunder, but there was apparently, I'm not a big Facebook user. I, I creep a little bit. I, 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 you know, I like to keep track of extended family relatives. I'm not really interested in, you know, Candy Crush and all of those. I'm not interested in your farm and different things like that. And I, and I don't really read a lot of this stuff. I'll scroll through it until I find something that's either funny or 
whatever, and I just happened to notice a little Starbucks thing and, and, and didn't even pay any attention to it. And then later I am reading, just as I, I like to read news every day just to see what's going on. And I caught a, a headline caught my attention that I thought was kind of funny. It said there is a uh, coffee wars, fight brewing between Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. How many of you maybe heard about that? And so Starbucks, you know, people were upset because of their holiday cup that, you know, uh, were, they're removing Christmas from their holiday cups or whatever. I don't know exactly all of the ins and outs of it. People are, were like, you know, let's, let's forget Starbucks. And if I don't have a, hunt, a dog in that hunt, I, and that's not my intention this morning. I thought it was kind of funny because Starbucks came out with their red holiday cup. Christians were upset because, you know, it's another thing about the war against Christmas, which I do believe there, it isn't necessarily a war against Christmas. It's, it's, it's more just the secularization of our nation that, that, that God is being pushed farther and farther away. And, and, and I don't know that it's, it, it is overt in some ways, other ways it is just the natural course of events. When, when a nation forgets who God is and what God is about, it's easy to just lose sight of it and the importance of it. And so what caught my attention was that, you know, now here's another entity, a corporate entity called Dunkin' Donuts that was they came out with a holiday cup for all apparently the disgruntled people about Christmas and it was it had and I'm partial to the word joy and it had the word joy on it and it had some of the traditional uh, you know Christmas symbols uh, you know pine branches and bells or whatever I don't know exactly what it was and I, the headline caught my attention and I read it and then I went back and read some of the stuff on Facebook about uh, about Starbucks and and so. <clears throat> As I was reading that, I just kind of shook my head because, and this wouldn't have made any, probably any difference. It would not have made a part of the service today had it not been for the next article that I read. I can't remember exactly the order that I read it in, but I read an article, a girl who at the time that this article was written recently, she was 21 years old. She's born in Mexico. She's a Mexican. She, um, uh, at the age of 12, and raised in a dysfunctional home, some abuse, no father present. And um, at the age of 12, she was, well, I'll make a long story short, she met a guy who was 22. And this 22-year-old man befriended her, began to show her kindness, began to show her affection. Three months, within three months, she had moved to another, another city with him and moved in with him, living with him. And probably a lot of you already can trace the story without even knowing it. You know where this is going. After three months, she was forced into prostitution. As a result of that, at the age of 12 until she was rescued at the age of 16. Forced into prostitution and forced to see 30 men every day, seven days a week, no holidays, no vacation, nothing for four years. By her estimation, by her estimation, she was raped 43,200 times in that space of time. Now, that's her estimation. Let's say she's really bad at math and it was only 50% of that. That's still 20,000 times. She's now writing this or giving this testimony at the age of 21. Horrific things happened in her life. So here I am, Christians upset about a red cup, while in another part of the world, and this is not just isolated at all, this is a huge deal throughout the world. If you don't wanna support Starbucks, more power to you. God bless you. Take your money somewhere else. But let me just share a couple of things that are on my heart that are important. I think that we should address them or at least talk about them. Because there's a lot of stuff going on, not just in our country, but in our world, right? There's a lot of bad stuff happening. 
And sometimes Christians can come across as petty. <laughs> and, and I don't want us to be that way. And I've mentioned this, and it's not original with me, but I've mentioned this before, that sometimes as Christians, we're really good at proving a point, but we're not good at making a difference. And I think it's time that the body of Christ stopped trying to prove points and start making a difference. Amen? And so I was thinking about this. Here's the deal. Starbucks, is in, Starbucks exists for one reason, to separate you from your money. Like every good capitalistic, most, a lot of conservatives here, you like capitalism. We believe in capitalism more than we believe in the government doing everything. And so when capitalism works for us or against us, we have to understand that principle. And so they're, they, they're, just, they're trying to make money. And you know what? They're good at it. They make good coffee. They make coffee that people like. They make different kinds of coffee to, to, to make sure that they can embrace all the different kinds of coffee drinkers. And they've created a tremendous environment for people to enjoy the coffee in. In fact, they've been so good at the people wait in line in their car to get a cup of coffee. Right? So here's, rather than us, it is not Starbucks' job to remind the world about Christmas. They are not in business to do that. If you're, really, if you're really passionate about it, get yourself a nativity set. In fact, get a couple. Put them in your yard. Give them to your friends and neighbors to put in their yards. My favorite nativity thing is a, it's a nativity scene, baby Jesus, Mary Joseph, all the animals, whatever, and there's a picture. There, there's Santa Claus kneeling down with his hat off in front of the manger. That is my all-time favorite. I think that's awesome. And I think every yard should have one. It is not Starbucks' job or any other company's job to be Christians or to preach Christianity. It is our job. And if we're losing Christmas, if we're losing God, it's not the world's fault, it's our fault. Right? So what are we going to do about that? <laughs> I've asked the question many times. How do you preach the gospel to people who don't believe the Bible? Because most of the people today don't believe the Bible. And so for you to say, well, John said, or Luke said, or the book of Revelation says, is irrelevant to people because they don't believe it. And it's the same thing. Here's, what, here's where I'm at. First of all, I think local churches should be more like Starbucks. I think that what we as the local church do should be so good that people want to come back to it. And we should have environments that are so good that people want to be in that environment. And again, if you want to pick it, you know, I, I, I think that if we were going to get rid of everything that offends somebody, we would be naked in a woods drinking water and nothing else. Because something somewhere, you would not be able to have any fur on because that's wrong. You couldn't eat meat because that's wrong. You could, I mean, there's nothing you could do. Every clothes manufacturer comes from China or wherever. So, how do we preach the gospel? And I think that we, the local church, and local church as, should be the very best at doing what we do. And so I preached a, a, the first two weeks. I've talked about God wanting to bless you, and I, and I believe with all my heart, he wants to bless us, amen? He really, 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 really does. And I've used a, an example that Jesus gave to us 
In John chapter 13, 7, where he said, and I'm out of time already, but I want to just get this across to you. In John 13, 7, he said this. If you know these things, you're blessed if you do them. And, and, and that's a true thing. And, and the law of reciprocals will work for you and it will work against you. If you give, it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. But that's not the only example that Jesus gave. In fact, when John was recording this, it isn't the only time that Jesus said, I have given you an example. And I want to read that to you in verse 12. This is what was going on. So when he had washed their feet and taken his garments, he sat down again and he said to them, Hopefully you remember the story. He had washed the feet. The, the servant wasn't there. He said, do you know what I've done to you? And I believe the disciples were like, no, Jesus, you know, can we just skip the test part? Because we never know what you're doing. We never understand what you're doing. Just don't make us look stupid. Just get to the punchline, will you? Probably didn't say that, but they did. Verse 13. You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Jesus had the robe and the garments of a, of a rabbi, a teacher, a respected, authoritative position. He had taken that off. At the beginning of this chapter, it says of Jesus that he knew, he knew these things. He knew that he was sent from God. He knew that he had all authority. And he knew that he was going back to God. He knew that while he was in that room and all the disciples were looking at who's going to be the foot washer because certainly not going to be me. I'm more important than other people. He knew that just down the road a little bit, there were people plotting his death so that he could carry out the act of redemption. He knew that he had the most authority of anybody in that room and he left us an example He said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Verse 14, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you should do as I've done to you. Jesus, in his ministry, always took a position and elevated it. We talk about the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And we, we, I mean, that's that's important. But do you realize that it's humans that gave that title to that verse, the golden rule? It's not something Jesus said. And we have another example. He said, I want you, 12, I want you to do to everybody else as I've done to you. And isn't that the heart of the gospel? Isn't that the heart of the message of Christ? Isn't that the the heart of what we as Christians believe? That God, in his love and in his mercy, he reached out to us, that he bestowed his benefits of forgiveness, of life, of joy, of health and healing. He bestowed them and gave them to us. And then he said, I've given you an example and I want you to do to others what I have done to you. Remember the scripture where It says, forgive others as you have been forgiven of by God. God is the originator and he did these things. And he left you and he left me an example that we should follow after. That we should not do to others as we want done to us. Some of you, I don't want you treating others the way that you think of and treat yourself. We are to treat others like he himself have treated us. I want to read a couple of things that I read that I thought were so good. As soon as I find it. 
Well, I'll quote it to you as best I can. Not original with me. Somebody said this after the events that happened in Paris. And it's amazing to me how an event that is an actual tragedy can just shake to the core every other supposed fake tragedy and, and, and terrible thing going on. And I think God has a sense of humor to a certain extent or I, irony that he allows things kind of to brew and then something happens, it snaps us back to reality and it's like, oh, wait a minute, there actually is something worse <laughs> than my feelings or what I think. And so this little quote, it said like this, may our hashtags become prayers, actual prayers, and may our praying hands become life-giving hands. And may our feet be the feet that bring the gospel of good news to the world. We can hide behind hashtags and think that we've really done something. We can pray all kinds of prayers, but Jesus left us an example. And I'm not minimizing prayer, I'm not minimizing those things, but until we become the body of Christ, active and operative in a land that needs to know the love of God, get off of our high horses and be a blessing. The example is that our behavior towards others is to be governed, governed by God's behavior towards us. And here's the, the example that Jesus gave us. And this is the transition that I want us to understand. God's blessed us. But what do we do with the blessing after we've been blessed? See, the question isn't how much you have or how little you have. The question is, what are you going to do with what you have been entrusted with? And that was the example that Jesus gave to the disciples. When he understood and realized that he had come from God, that God had given him a mission and a purpose, and then that he had all authority, all authority was his. He knew this, he understood this, and he also understood that he was going back to God. When he understood that he was the most powerful, the most blessed, if you will, person in that room, what did he do with the blessing? He took it off, he took it aside. He laid it down. And he served with that blessing. Served others with it. And then he put back on the garment that represented his authority. And then he said, I've given you this example. And in the most extreme and powerful way, Jesus gave us an example that as you have been loved by God, love others. As you have been forgiven by God, forgive others. As you have been blessed by others even, bless them the same way. And so the question is never, what do I have right now? The question is, how do I leverage what I have? And that's the question I'm asking as a church. How do we leverage the position that we have? I don't want to do church just to do church. I believe that God has put us in central Minnesota for, right, for this. To dominate the world right here. It starts here. I sometimes wonder that perhaps because we've not gone to the world the way that we should, perhaps God is bringing the world to us. And since we won't go to them, he's bringing them to our shores and to our doorsteps. Would you stand with me? Whew. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you. Lord, there's so much to do. 
so many distractions that we can get caught up in. And Lord, I ask you to forgive us where we've fallen so far short, where we've followed so closely to the shore that we've been afraid to explore the deeper things, the greater things, the broader things that you have for us. But Lord, we stand in this place and we recognize there is a lot of stuff going on around us and in our world. And Lord, we pray for we pray for the victims, we pray for Paris, we pray for that part of the world, Lord Jesus, that your comfort, <clears throat> that your grace would be so real and so strong, but Father, more importantly, that there would be Christians, men and women of God, that would be there with a word of hope and a word of encouragement, that Father, there would be people that could <sighs> minister light and life in a dark, sad, dreary place. Heavenly Father, I pray for us as a congregation that we would not get caught up in petty things, that we would not get caught up in such small-minded things, but Father, that we would keep our eyes and our heart fixed on you, Father God. So Lord, I ask you to change us. I ask you to forgive us. I ask you to set us free, Father God, to serve and follow you. Lord, we thank you for the opportunities that are all around us men and women from every nation, every tongue, and every tribe right here in central Minnesota. So, Father, we thank you for that, that we are salt and light. Father, I thank you that your anointing, anointing rests on this congregation. I thank you for their tremendous generosity and their love for you and for the body of Christ, and I thank you that you will bless them back abundantly in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Well, God bless you, Joy Christian Center. Have an awesome Sunday. We're going to finish up this series next week. We'll be doing our Joy to the World offering 2016 as well. God bless you.